This is a special edition of the Sean Hannity Show. America trapped behind enemy lines. Day number 152. Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, It is, for most of us, uh, I think we've all had it being lied to and the government being so wrong so often on coronavirus. And I'll tell you, um, you know, um, I, I always think for myself and the amount of pressure early on for me to tell people what to do and to you've got to tell your audience to get vaccinated. And and what is your status? What do you mean? What is my status? How about it's none of your damn business is my status. I mean, it's ridiculous. But I thought deeply and and very hard about the issue of coronavirus and as this this pandemic changed over time and how wrong so many people have been from from the get go, especially Dr. Fauci's like the worst. Uh, Joe Biden, one size fits all medicine, all the things that we have discussed uh, in great detail on this program. And lo and behold, what does it turn out that Dr. Fauci, the promise that if you get the vaccine, you, you're never going to get COVID. And Biden promised the same thing. Well, you won't get COVID. We've played that many, many times on this program. And one size fits all medicine is not scientific to me. And the, the whole idea is what I think people have made up their mind on vaccinations. Now, now what happens if you get it? We spent most of our time on this program talking to the doctors on the front line. Um, Harvard educated Dr. George Fareed, uh, who went to Harvard Medical School, Dr. Brian Tyson. They've now come out with a book and I strongly recommend it. It's called Overcoming the COVID Darkness, How Two Doctors Successfully Treated 7,000 Patients. It's now out in bookstores everywhere. It's on Hannity.com. It's on Amazon.com. And um, I can't tell you how how generous both of these men have been um, for whatever reason, people know that I talk about this a lot and they come to this program and they ask for information. And I stand by my statement. I'm not going to play doctor because I didn't go to medical school. I didn't do an internship or a fellowship. And I, and but you need to you need to know and read and study and research and know your medical history, your underlying conditions and current condition and then talk to your doctor doctors. But what I love about Dr. Brian Tyson and, and Dr. Fareed is they believe in proactive medicine. In New York, still, their protocol is, yeah, uh, you're positive, go home, do contact tracing. If you get a fever, uh, take two Tylenol. If your blood oxygen drops below 90, you probably need to go to emergency room. Well, by that time, the damage is done. That usually happens in day seven, eight, nine, and 10. And anyway, they join us now, Dr. George Fareed, Dr. Brian Tyson. Congratulations on the book. 7,000 patients. Now, you've developed a protocol. I know you're a big supporter of monoclonals. I know you you have supported HCQ. Um, I've not read a lot on ivermectin, so I I have no say on that at all. I don't have a thought on it, because I. but you've seen the studies on HCQ. But you believe in proactive medicine. Um, Absolutely, Sean. Have you ever lost a patient that you started treating early with COVID? No, no, we haven't. It's George here. And Sean, thank you for your support and for what you just just mentioned. By the way, I I owe you, let's be honest here, I owe you about a million dollars because I don't. (laughs) 
because I, I keep saying, would you please talk to this person? Would you please talk to this person? And you've helped so many people in my life out, even strangers that get in contact with me. Well, I'm still getting contacted by strangers, and it breaks my heart that they, they can't get the treatment locally. That Our book uh, demonstrates that a community center set up for early treatment has been extraordinarily successful, and we used repurposed medications that had shown efficacy, and we're c- continuing with those medications, but we're adding in monoclonal infusions since uh, they were available at the beginning of this year, and also these new antivirals from Pfizer and uh, probably Merck also. But those are hard to get hold of, actually. And so you want to provide a, a variety of treat, uh, customized treatment, basically. You want to individualize treatment and, and, and intensify it in certain patients. And so our results in this community that are, then are presented in the book in a very uh, detailed way, uh, a chapter written by a great statistician named Matthew Crawford, and it, it describes the success in, in this community where we had 10,000 or more than 10,000 actually, and for virtually zero deaths when they've received treatment in the first three to five days. In the remaining community not uh, getting the treatments that we provided, there were over 800 de- deaths out of 24,000 that were infected. So, so, so this is actually being reproduced around the country by other programs that deal with early treatment. And what uh, the big message of our book, Sean, is that this uh, concept of early treatment centers uh, that offer the variety of treatments that are helpful and are able to suppress the multiplication of the virus uh, are the solution for the pandemic. You know, and Florida has done a good job in that regard. Well, I mean, they set up monoclonal antibody centers down there, and it wasn't until after Christmas that I found out that they, they... they they have a shortage, and the only reason they do is because the government is buying up all of the supply, and Joe Biden has only mentioned monoclonal antibodies one time during his vaccine mandate speech. And then when, when Joe Biden mentioned it, then he started rationing it to states like Florida and South Dakota and Texas for no reason. We never had a shortage of monoclonal antibodies. You know that until Christmas. That's right. And and so they're now uh, rationing it. But then, then Governor DeSantis, for example, went out and bought his own. And, and, I, and by the way, they give it to people for free. Did you know that? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, it's terrific in that regard. And yet we're still in our area have that same situation where they, they've run out and they, or they're restricting it to immunocompromised people and not to others that might be also good candidates for it to uh, protect them from deterioration. So it's, uh, it's just part of the whole solution, Sean, that uh, the early treatment centers uh, should have been there and they should be there now and they should offer the repurposing medications, looking at all the evidence, there's an overwhelming amount of evidence that IHCQ is efficacious uh, from nationwide studies and from individual observational peer-reviewed studies, Sean, 290 in the literature. And ours is a contribution to that. So we're not stopping. We're still doing the same protocol. We're adding in, and ivermectin is an antiviral, just like HCQ is. It has mechanisms that inhibit on the host cell the ability to multiply the virus, COVID-19 and other RNA viruses. And, and I got to I gotta give you very specific cases that I'll, I'll choose one case of an unvaccinated couple with comorbidities in Georgia, and um, 
you were able to arrange that, that we found out that Emory University Hospital gave monoclonal antibody infusions. They got that. They went on your protocol. He's 74. She's 68. Um, they recovered almost within 48 hours. They were both better. Um, and then they even got it again recently. And apparently they did fine again because they followed your protocol. That's correct, Sean. They weren't able to get the monoclonal on the second time around, but the Omicron is a milder, less aggressive virus infection, fortunately, and it's very responsive to the repurposed medications that are very well tolerated. Tell me more about these antivirals, because I don't know anything about them except that every doctor without exception, and that's rare, uh, praises them. Well, they're praiseworthy because they do act on the virus. The Paxlovid from Pfizer is a, an inhibitor of the protease of the virus, and it's very specific, just like we have protease inhibitors for HIV and hepatitis C. And so it, it, it is a well-designed preparation or treatment. Uh, the mononupiravir from Merck is a anti-metabolite, so to speak. It's a, it inhibits the RNA polymerase but it has side effects, and it's not as, as effective in these trials, but it is effective. It does give some efficacy. So there, there are different mechanisms. The big difference, Sean, is that these are virus-directed, and this mutagen, this heavily mutagenizing virus will not, long, will not take long to develop resistance to those agents. And then we're, where do we go? But we'll wait for that. I, I do recommend that people get them. If, See, if they I'll can. tell you what frustrates me and why I've, I've really come to respect you a lot. Because the protocols that now we're in the third year of this pandemic, and I'm telling you because I talk to people all the time. In New York, with uh, now I did find a, cop, a couple of hospitals that were. They're not any longer because they can't get them, monoclonal antibodies. So it's it's gotten a lot tougher. Um you know, when I try to help people and in cases where I can offer them advice, I direct them to your protocol and talk to the tell them to talk to their doctor and then tell them where they can get the monoclonals. But in New York, for example, the standard operating procedure through most of the pandemic has been, yeah, you tested positive, do contact tracing, go home, um, take two Tylenols if you have a fever. And if your oxygen drops below 90, uh, go to the emergency room. Uh, the problem is, Dr. Farid, as you know much better than I do, because you've been up to your eyeballs on this, is if by the time your oxygen drops below 90, the damage is done. In other words, by the time you get to the hospital, uh, it's probably day 7, 8, 9, 10. The therapeutics are far less effective, and the odds now are not in your favor if you have COVID pneumonia, COVID lung, whatever you want to call it, that that you know, cytoclatic storm of whatever, however you pronounce it. Yes. Cytokine storm in your lungs. But you're saying treat it immediately. And well, every yeah, other and doctor's it, not doing that. Yeah, they need to. And they'll rec- realize that. And it's certainly huh. encouraged with the what, FDA. What, what year are they going to realize it, Dr. Yeah, Farid? Is it going to be year longer. five? Or we're now in year three. Yes, 
exactly, and, and hopefully we won't see new variants coming. That's the problem with the vaccines that don't uh, block the infection. But I, I wanted to make a comment about the advancing condition. There, There's intensification that can be done as an outpatient with inhaled corticosteroids like budesonide, with prednisone, with cochicine, with additional antiviral treatment, and with um, medicines that... Uh, treat the respiratory uh, insufficiency, that has to be monitored carefully, and they don't all need to be in the hospital, and that's what we try to avoid. Quick break. We'll come back, and we'll continue more with Dr. George Fareed, Dr. Brian Tyson joining us, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, their book, Overcoming the COVID Darkness, How Two Doctors Successfully Treated 7,000 Patients, obviously using therapeutics and proactive medicine. Continue with Dr. Brian Tyson, Dr. George Fareed, Overcoming the COVID Darkness. Their new book is out. It's on Amazon.com, Hannity.com, bookstores everywhere. How two doctors successfully treated 7,000 patients. Let me bring in Dr. Tyson, who was with us. Um, 7,000 patients plus you, you have treated. And in every case, when you get a patient early after diagnosis, you haven't lost a single patient, Dr. Tyson? That's correct, John, and sorry for that. Yeah, today's been kind of a crazy day outside. We've had over 300 patients show up. Well, we've Um, been setting record after record after Joe Biden said he'd shut down the virus. Uh, Now we have, you know, fully vaccinated, boosted, and natural immunity people popping positive. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, we're seeing majority of our cases are actually vaccinated uh, with with, uh, either two or three vaccines. Um, yeah. it, it's just been overwhelming the last uh, week and a half with within the, the infection rate. Why the reluctance and resistance within the medical community to treat proactively? Why why are they gone? Why have they stuck to this ridiculous model of reactive medicines? Well, I think I think the biggest problem is you know, and I tell this to a lot of my colleagues is the inability to admit when you're wrong. Doctors notoriously don't like to make mistakes. And so I really believe it's a it's a truth telling at this point where it's undeniable to sit there and say that our plan has worked for the last two uh, and a half years. Um, So now people have to admit, you know what, we were wrong. And I think that's one of the hardest things for anyone in the medical profession to say, because then they don't want to open themselves up to malpractice and negligence and all the things that me and Dr. Freed have been talking about. But at some point... People have to be real with themselves and tell people, you know what, we've been wrong. Let's change strategies and let's let's go on and, and let's fix this. Well, I, I, it's an amazing amount of information. Um, it's called Overcoming the COVID Darkness, How Two Doctors Successfully Treated 7,000 Patients. It's now in bookstores everywhere. We have a link on Hannity.com, Amazon.com. And honestly, um, I urge you to read this book. And, talk, and by the way, and ask questions and talk it over with your doctor and and make smart decisions. If you get a positive covid test, I strongly recommend you don't wait to day seven, eight and nine and see your oxygen level drop to 82. Bad idea, in my opinion. 
But uh, you, you and your doctor can decide that. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for the passion of which you bring to your job every day. And uh, c- congratulations on the book. And I look forward to uh, having you back again soon. Very, thank thank you so sorry, much. Sorry John. for the, the late show up. Uh, no, no, you're in trouble. You're, you know, we're going to put you in timeout, uh, Dr. Tyson. <laughs> I'm only teasing. Uh, thank you, for, as always. You're generous with your time. John Hannity is back on the radio. All right, 25 now to the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. Big, uh, we got a lot of big news uh, today. At the top of the hour, Paul Manafort will uh, join us. His first radio interview. He joined us on TV last night. Uh, the big news of the day. Well, we've got two huge losses for the Democrats, uh, number one, uh, Kristen Cinema standing strongly against changing the, the filibuster. Uh, that means just like Build Back Better, which Joe Manchin said is dead. Uh, I don't think either Manchin nor Cinema will go along with this one time exception for this voting rights rule. Uh, so that's not going to happen. Uh, and Kristen Cinema, you know, has dealt another big blow. And on top of that, now we have the Supreme Court. We were expecting this decision any day has now blocked the Biden administration from enforcing their sweeping vaccine or test requirements for large private companies, but have allowed similar requirements to stand for medical facilities that take Medicare or Medicaid payments. Now, by the way, in other words, they they have more control over that, which is exactly how I predicted it would go. Linda, what did I say? It was going to be six, three on the OSHA mandate, and then they would allow, because federal funds are used in, in Medicare, Medicaid, uh, they would they would kind of carve out an exemption for that, which they did. Yes. Um, this is three days after OSHA uh, and their emergency measures started to take effect, uh, a big blow to Biden. And by the way, in light of all we now have learned, vaccinated people, fully vaccinated, vaccinated, boosted, Natural immunity. Everybody is still catching COVID. Everything they told us is one big fat lie. Look anyway, at the NCAA today, boss. They just yeah, said that well, N- that natural immunity counts. Na- they they changed their COVID protocols there, uh, which, by the way, uh, impacts people that I know. So I'm very glad about that decision by the NCAA. I actually think sports is going to lead the way. Mark my words here. What's his name? Kylie Irving. It, the, who plays for the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets? I'm telling you, he's 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 not going to be demonized like he was. Nor will Aaron Rodgers. Nor will Agreed. Novak Djokovic. Nobody's understanding all these f your freedom people out there, and and all the people screaming that they want to shame people that have a different point of view than them. Uh, they got another thing coming. The only way you're not going to get COVID at this point. That, you'll pre- that, that you can guarantee preventing COVID is go live in a bubble in your basement. That's the only way. Otherwise, if you want to live life, you're probably going to run into this. That's why this show, we've, we never told people what to do. 
We won't tell people what to do. I'm not a doctor. I didn't go to medical school. I didn't do an internship and a residency. Um, All I have been pointing out is educate yourself, do your own research, factor in your unique medical history, your current medical condition, talk to your doctor, doctors, the people in medicine that you trust, and then you make up your own mind because we believe in freedom and medical privacy and doctor-patient confidentiality. Well, what's your status, Hannity? I'm like, it's none of your freaking business what my status is. Why, why, what would make you think that you, are, you, that you get to ask me what my medical status is? Hopefully this will end this insanity of vaccine passports, too. We'll see. Anyway, it was a 6-3 majority, as I predicted. And Chief Justice Roberts uh, uh, said that he thinks that it's hard to argue the 1970 law governing OSHA gives free reign to the agencies to enact such broad regulation, which, by the way, he hinted at in the questioning during oral arguments. So I'm not surprised. Um, We have Doug Collins with us. And he was going to talk a lot about Biden and Kamala's trip to Georgia. We'll get to that in a second. But he's also an attorney. Uh, What's your thoughts on this ruling? Well, I think it it said exactly what you had predicted. Many of us predicted it was split uh, the way that this court seems to uh, have been doing on many other things. The OSHA part, the employer part never was going to stand. The hook federally was the Medicare, Medicaid dollars. And they did exactly what you would expect them to do. And the Biden administration is just you know, foolishly walking in this time after time because they don't want to take the time to follow, you know, the law, much less the science in this. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty basic and fundamental, and and we've gone over it a lot throughout the show, so let me move on. So Joe Biden shows up in Georgia, um, and he starts making all of these racial comparisons. Let me play a little of Biden and the comparisons to George Wallace, et cetera, et cetera. Listen. Here's one thing every senator, every American should remember. History has never been kind to those who've sided with voter suppression over voters' rights. And it'll be even less kind for those who side with election subversion. So I ask every elected official in America, how do you want to be remembered? At consequential moments in history, They present a choice. Do you want to be on the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? Do you want to be on the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Do you want to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? This is the moment to decide, to defend our elections, to defend our democracy. Uh, History, I would argue, Doug Collins is not going to be kind either to the guy that praised George Wallace, by the way, a Democrat, uh, the guy that praised Strom Thurmond, the guy that praised the former Klansman, Robert Byrd, and the guy that partnered with the former Klansman, Robert Byrd, to stop the integration of public schools in the 70s because Joe Biden didn't want uh, public schools to become, in his words, racial jungles. Uh, Now, he goes to Georgia. You have 17 days in-person early voting. Delaware, his state that he's represented 500,000 years, they have zero days of in-person early voting. You have a drop box in, in every district. They have zero drop boxes in Georgia. You don't need an excuse to get an absentee ballot or a mail-in ballot in Georgia. You have to provide an excuse in Delaware. And both states require voter ID. So why is he lecturing Georgia and accusing Georgians of being racist. 
while he himself, in the 500,000 years that he's been a senator and, and later vice president, he never once mentioned the restrictive laws in his own state of Delaware. Can you answer that for me? I know, and he can't either. That's the problem. It's, it's just, it's a, I mean, look, the caravan of lies made it to Georgia. I, I sort of jokingly said somebody, you know, he kept on and say, I stand with Abraham Lincoln, by the way, a Republican, but I stand with, you know, frankly, uh, Sean, you know, uh, the, the issue is, is where do you stand when you're on life? And I think that's the problem here. He's just sitting on lies. And what bothers me the most is the mainstream media, the, the left, will not question him on it. He is so bad and so wrong on this that Stacey Abrams would not even show up and will not say where she was. That's how bad Joe Biden is right now. I mean, it really is that bad. By the way, why didn't Stacey Abrams or any of these voting, quote, rights groups in Georgia show up? Yeah, great question. In fact, I, I'm offering a, a, a to an aggressive reporter who will actually try and get Abrams Camp to say where she was. I'll buy him a waffle at the Waffle House down here. It's a great place in Georgia, but they won't do it because they're scared. No, no, no. I don't want a waffle. I, I, I want. But you want. I want scattered and smothered with oh, extra yeah. onions and two <laughs> eggs over medium. And I take. I like the T-bone steak. That's. I cannot pass a Waffle House without stopping. Linda, true or false? Uh, very, very true, and it matters not the time. Yeah, it could be like I'll land whatever wherever I land. If there's a Waffle House, if it's three thirty, four in the morning, I'm getting it. Yeah, I am Waffle super House. awkward. Waffle House is five star dining. I don't care where you're at. I do, <laughs> exactly, I agree with, and so is Cracker Barrel. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, look, you know, the problem is, is, is Joe Biden is so bound up in the left, and Stacey Abrams knows that she cannot win, or even come close to winning a governorship in Georgia if she associates uh, herself with this just absolutely miserable failure of an administration. And But my problem is, is nobody's asking her. Even the AJC reporters down here backed off when they gave them a statement saying, well, we're not going to say where she was, but she was busy. That's just a bunch of bull, and you know it, Sean. No, I know. How do you think Purdue is going to do in this primary against Kemp? Because I'm supporting be Purdue. Yeah, I think he's going to do good. I am as well. I mean, I, I think he's going to do well in looking at this in, in that sport. Um, I will, by the way, the, I would have supported you. I wanted you to do it. You told me to go drop dead. That was the exact words you I, I said to me. Drop dead, Hannity. Oh, that you're crazy. No, I, I did not. <laughs> I'm that. kidding. Go ahead. For the cycle. You know that better. But no, I think he's got a, a very good shot. And I think the, but it's going to come down to, you know, frankly, he's going to have to appeal to some of those in the runoff who wanted somebody, you know, maybe else. And then he's going to have to bring them back on the dislike of, of Kemp. So it's, it's a very uphill battle for Kemp in particular, but it also David is going to have to get out and, you know, earn those votes uh, to win it. What about Herschel Walker? I like Herschel a lot. I'm fond of him. Um, by the way, congratulations on, uh, uh, the dogs went in the national championship. That was an amazing game, uh, beating Alabama and Nick Saban. No easy feat. Yeah, go dogs! It was a, it was a great way. I mean, look, Herschel's starting out with a lot of advantage. I mean, he's very well known. Georgia wins the national title. He's tied inexplicably to the last national title. Um, I think the real test for and he's got, of course, the president's back, former president's backing. It's going to be now. He's going to have to be out and be a candidate. And I think we'll see how that goes. Um, he's got a good team around him. We'll see how uh, the next few months and the primary works. I think his strongest competition is going to be from the ag commissioner down here, Gary Black, who uh, I've known for a long time. So, it, you know, Herschel, if he gets out and runs it, he's got the natural advantages to win the primary. And um, then it's going to set up a battle for November. Uh, it's yeah. going to 
All right, Doug Collins, we always love having you on. Thank you. And by the way, thanks for telling me to pound sand. I really appreciate it. I, you know, <laughs> yeah, come I made on. a phone call. It was a complimentary call, and I got told to drop that. You said those words, uh, drop that, Hannity. I'm yeah, teasing. Yeah, you did not. Yeah. Uh, like, you've been following the Biden model here on that answer, <laughs> Yeah, okay? that's probably true. <laughs> uh, anyway, appreciate you being with us. Uh, Trisha uh, is, is this our friend, Trisha? This is our friend, Trisha, right, in Texas? Yeah, just Patricia wrote the book, Just the Tweets, a, a book that did phenomenally well, just Donald Trump's tweeting. Um, oh, I'm reading you had you had a bad case of COVID. What happened? Yes. Hi, Sean. Um, in August, I had a really bad case of COVID. I tried to be proactive. I contacted my primary care physician before getting COVID, asking her what our plan was. And she told me that, you know, there is no early treatment, that if I get oh, sick enough, grief. go to the hospital. So... Um, that happened, and uh, I reached out to another doctor um, who did prescribe uh, early treatment. However, the, the pharmacy withheld my medication for five days, causing me to get very, very ill. But anyway, I recovered, and I went to see my primary care doctor uh, two weeks ago. And we went through the, you know, how you doing, all that stuff. And she said, uh, asked me if I had had COVID. And I said, well, yes, I have. And I, I reached out to you for treatment, and you told me there was no early treatment. And she said, well, uh, you know, we don't provide early treatment. I said, well, it, I nearly died because you don't provide early treatment. And I said, you need to start doing that. People are dying. And she said to me, she looked at me and she said to me, I can't. I would lose my job. I said, well, because of that, I almost lost my life. And I let her have it. And, Good for you. Um, and now she, I'm going to give uh, you some new started, advice. Find a new doctor. Well, I did. I have. But I, was, I wanted to make that one visit one last time because she needed to see my face. She needed to hear what happened to me. And I was not going to let her get off with it. She started crying. And, and she admitted to me that her mother has been telling her the same thing. These doctors know what they're doing. They know it's wrong. And I said, you've got to be brave. You have got to stand up and do the right thing. People are dying. And, and you're going to be held accountable, maybe not on this earth, but beyond. You will be held accountable. So I'm just I'm just here to say people stand up, face your doctors and demand they do the damn right thing. You know, we had on uh, the program, Dr. Brian Tyson and Dr. George Fareed, their new book is out. It's called Overcoming the COVID Darkness, How Two Doctors Successfully Treated 7000 Patients. They, from the very beginning, have a protocol protocol proactive. I'm not telling you to take it. I am saying that that. They are the opposite of what many states and hospitals have adopted. And, you know, I asked them, have they lost anybody when they caught COVID early? The answer is no. And monoclonal antibodies and these new antivirals, HCQ, they got they got this whole regimen. You don't have to agree with it, but at least take that knowledge and bring it to your doctor. Now, I've had instances where I had to tell people, Tricia, you need to find another doctor to get another, right. a second opinion. And and Linda can testify to this. I have spent endless hours on the phone trying to help people get therapeutics early in their diagnosis, knowing the, the success, especially of monoclonal antibodies. Um, it's sad in the state of New York, if you're prescribed uh, HCQ, for example, you can't get it. You know, they stop. There, there are very few areas I know where they are, and I tell friends all the time that need it, monoclonal antibodies. I, I, I had to fight, you know, for a, a friend of mine just in the last three days. 
That was in the it was like day eight and he was and he had COVID pneumonia. We ended up getting this 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 friend of mine monoclonals and it worked. He's okay, But we barely saved them. He he was headed right towards that ventilator. Anyway, we're glad you're okay, Trisha. God bless you always. We love you and uh, good for you for standing up. Thank you so much, Sean.